Welcome to Inside the Founder Studio with the California Technology Council, where we bring you perspectives directly from startup founders and investors in every episode. Now we turn to our host in our Northern California headquarters, Matt Gardner, founder of the California Technology Council. We have a great episode inside the Founder Studio for you today. We're talking to Oren Falkowitz, co-founder of Area One Security. Before we get there, we want to remind you that you can support these podcasts by subscribing at patreon.com slash CA Tech Council. Before we get to today's episode, here's a word from our sponsors at Nixon Peabody. Nixon Peabody LLP. We see 21st century law as a tool to help shape our clients' futures. For more information, please visit www.nixonpeabody.com. Hi. This is Kylie Lee, Head of Relationship Management at the California Technology Council. Your focus should be on getting your business flying, not on the nuts and bolts of administering the details of a startup. That's why we've created a portfolio of startup essentials. Our members receive discounts on the typical products and services that eat up hundreds of hours of time for every startup, from searching for providers to haggling over retail prices. By building volume across the thousands of companies, we've established discounts on many of the things every startup needs. Your time has value. Put it back to work on what matters most, getting your products to market. Learn more at www.californiatechnology.org slash member benefits. Thank you again, Kylie, and thanks to Scott Horwath for the piano in the background, and of course to our sponsors at Nixon Peabody. Now let's turn to our conversation with Oren Falkowitz, co-founder of Area One Security. Hi, this is Nifal Parekh from CTC member company Live H2H. You're listening to Inside the Founder Studio with the California Technology Council. On this episode of Inside the Founder Studio, we're with Oren Falkowitz, the co-founder of Area One Security. Oren, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure to to talk with you. So, Oren, you've uh, you've been in uh, at least three of the big hubs around the U.S. for cybersecurity, uh, coming out of Washington, spending some time in Boston, and and now in the Bay Area. Uh, let's go back and and talk a little bit about your your background working in government. So, you spent some time uh, at Cyber Command and and at the Department of Defense. Can you talk about a little bit about how that shaped your uh, long term desire to start building solutions in the private sector? Yes, yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, I started working for the National Security Agency on February 6th of uh, 2006, and uh, I really had the fortunate opportunity uh, to see a lot of different things uh, emerge uh, through that experience. You know, the first, uh, the, the first is, you know, there's really been a growth in uh, people's awareness for the challenges that they face in, in cyberspace, and the second is there's been an explosion of data analytics infrastructure and tooling that makes it more possible than ever uh, to, to address those problems. Uh, and I think one of the key things that has been lacking from the industry are people with real-world practitioners' experience, people who have been on the other side of the problem, who have acted like a bad guy, uh, and who can bring some of those nuances and finer points to bear to help people. Uh, and that wasn't something that I set out to do by design uh, in my career. Very fortunate to to have that opportunity and for it to become an issue that we can make a difference in people's lives. 
So you went from Cyber Command right to being the co-founder of a startup. How did that happen? It doesn't, that, that kind of thing doesn't often happen just overnight. So was it something that you were working on for a little while or thinking about? Uh, can you give us a little bit of a background and tell us maybe a little bit about how Squirrel popped up for you? Yeah, so I mean, it's certainly atypical to uh, um, for for people working with inside the National Security Agency to to go off and and, and uh, start companies. Um, we had been working on some technology uh, within NSA, and just through some interactions with folks who were advisors uh, to us, and we had met who were in the commercial space. Uh, one of those gentlemen just turned to me and said, "You know, this this could be an idea for a company." And up until that point, I'd never considered that as a career choice, as something I'd want to do with my time, or, or even had put any thought into how do you do that? What makes a company? What is a company? Uh, how do you make a company successful? Uh, and, you know, really just through some of that um, fortuitous uh, circumstance of, of meeting, uh, meeting people who had been in that space and people were kind and encouraging, I decided to leave and uh, start a company and, uh, you know, now fortunate to be working at Area One and, um Make a, make a, you know, make something big out of that. Many people who are serial founders have scars and, and uh, you know, the, the, the kind of experience to show for it. You've given some of that back as a mentor at, at places like Techstars, uh, and, and now here Area One is your, is your second company. Before we get into the detail of Area One, can you tell us about kind of the, some of the things that you've learned as a, as a founder of multiple startups that sort of told you that you'd been bitten by the bug of being an entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, starting a company, um, it seems simple, right, to come up with an idea. Uh, but executing on that and convincing others to join as employees, uh, to invest their capital, uh, to uh, take a chance with an early product as uh, customers do at the very beginning, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of grit that uh, founders require to do that. You know, most startups fail. But most founders and most people, when you talk to them about their startup, never even consider that their, their company would fail. And in my experience, uh, across my entire professional life, I've always benefited from the kindness and generosity of others, people who have said, you'd be a good fit to give this presentation, or you'd be a good person to lead this team, or uh, I want to help you uh, raise capital or to build this company. Uh, and so, you know, I think you see over time that um, giving uh, of yourself and others who do that, um, that makes a big difference. And as I've always committed myself to, to helping others uh, in, in that space, one of, one of the things I'm, you know, most proud of is um, my friend uh, Jay Kaplan, who's the CEO of a company called Synac. You know, when they were leaving NSA just a year and a half after I had done it, you know, was able to really help them and move through some of the, the pitfalls uh, that, that, you can, that you can fall into. So you've also been in some of the world's most exciting hubs for building a startup. So what brought you to the Bay Area? Was it the opportunity to create Area One? How did that happen for you? What was kind of day one like of getting Area One off the ground? Yeah, so, you know, personally, you know, I love living, I, I love living in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, I'm fascinated by politics, and uh, it's a great place, and there are so many talented people in the computer science field and in the cybersecurity field. But um, you know, one of the things about building a company is it's not just about raw technology and raw talent. 
there are so many other aspects uh, that make a company great, and that's in go-to-market, that's in capital raising, uh, that's in uh, sales execution and planning. And you know, it was just my experience that the companies uh, in California and the support ecosystem that exists here uh, in the Bay Area uh, produces outsized returns uh, for uh, for the technologies and for the companies that uh, that are here. And that's what we wanted to do is to make sure that when we're solving such a core problem in the space like fishing that we do at Area 1, that we could get that to as many people as possible, that we could have the biggest impact and we could, we could uh, get the escape velocity that's needed uh, to make the company, you know, iconic at, at the end of the day. Let's learn more about Area 1 Security. This is a uh, company on a uh, terrific growth track, uh, and you're, you're dealing with something that is still a core cybersecurity issue at, at enterprises large and small everywhere. Uh, so what told you that you had something that was going to be worth building a company around for, for uh, helping enterprises with phishing problems? Yeah, so again, this is one of those sort of fortuitous uh, life moments. So when I was in Boston, um, people would ask me um, about ideas they had in the security space or investors were looking at new approaches and would say, what do you think about this? You know, would it work? Would it make a difference? Uh, and just through conversations, uh, I kept saying, you know, um, 95% of all the problem, you know, that result from data breaches uh, comes from phishing. Uh, how come nobody is trying to uh, address that problem? Uh, and people would have a number of quips. Well, you know, there are some folks that are doing this. They're producing anti-spam-like technologies. And we say, yeah, but phishing and spam are, are different. And we say, well, some, we're trying to train users to become smarter. And if we educate all the people, then this problem would go away. And then we'd say, well, but uh, training people, you know, there's no success for that. Uh, you know, we train people to make smart decisions through sex education or through traffic school, but we don't see really significant improvements uh, in their behaviors on that front. And, of course, in cybersecurity, you know, it only takes one click of a link to, to cause, you know, irreparable damage. And so we started kind of just playing with that idea and thinking about what we had learned uh, in the government about how we were trying to stop this problem, what we knew about how attackers work, uh, and it allowed us to uh, to create a really kind of unique approach uh, and to kind of focus on a problem that has a chance to really transform the way all of the security industry operates today. 99% of the cybersecurity companies are reactive. They they identify things and they take actions at a point where it's too late for a company to change the outcome. They're finding malware in their networks hundreds of days after uh, it's been inserted. They're finding that data is flying out of their networks at alarming rates, and they don't have any ability to pull it back. Uh, and so being able to be preemptive, to take an action before something bad has happened, um, that, that's, that's very different, and that will change the dynamics of the space forever. What's the kind of worst-case scenario? I mean, obviously, large companies are still going through constant reinvention of their own process to make this better. Uh, what's, what's the kind of downside risk in the typical large organization where Area 1's not yet been implemented? The, the risk is enormous. As I mentioned, 95% of all cybersecurity incidents start with phishing. Just two weeks ago, two companies here in the Bay Area wired over $100 million as a result of a phishing attack. That's really telling about something, because if you think about who has the ability to wire that much capital, it means that they've already purchased and been doing most of 
uh, if not all of the considered best of uh, practices in that space. Hundreds of thousands of people have had their W-2s compromised, their personal information, uh, their social security numbers, you know, this tax season as a result of phishing. Uh, the, the attacks against Target and Sony, against the Office of Personnel Management, where the personnel files of every government employee were exfiltrated to the Chinese government. What happened in the 2016 presidential election as a result of phishing? So we see that larger, small, right, sophisticated or not sophisticated uh, in their investment on security, whether it's financial or ransomware or uh, just data loss or intellectual property theft. Uh, as a result of phishing, uh, the damages are, are enormous, and people are just not having success today on that front, despite what they're, what they're trying. So Area 1's on a rapid growth track, and you've obviously got some uh, terrific early uh, support in the investors that you've attracted. Can you talk about the, the process of building the company and where you are today after uh, after obviously getting some terrific partners on board. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, where, where we are today is, um, you know, we're working with some of the largest companies uh, in the world uh, to help them uh, see a different outcome uh, in, in this space and to really transform the way they deal with these problems from a reactive one to more of a, a preemptive one. And, um, and, you know, the other part of it is that, you know, we find that the companies who are most serious about this today um, have large teams, have, um, are usually, like, very highly regulated, but the, the challenge of the problem is really one that, that impacts everyone. Uh, and what most companies don't have the ability to do is make their technology available to everyone. And so we think accessibility of our technology, because the problem is universal, is a key thing, and we're, we're focused heavily on making sure that anyone who wants to make sure that their employees and their intellectual property and their uh, financial assets are, are secure from, from data breach or from, from, from cybersecurity events uh, can get access to that uh, through what we provide. So, Oren, you've got uh, some absolutely outstanding and, and first-rate uh, venture investors in uh, your most recent Round led by Icon, you've got uh, Data Collective and Kleiner Perkins, others. How has that changed the fortune of the company with uh, blue chip investors like that on board? Well, great investors, you know, bring so much more than capital to the business. Uh, they're partners in uh, the execution from uh, hiring to go-to-market strategy uh, to, you know, understanding new dynamics uh, in the macro uh, markets. Uh, and so we really benefit from having people who are really dedicated to the problem uh, that we're solving, who have been investors in this space uh, for a long time and, uh, and have insights and um, sort of their thumb on uh, new opportunities or, or new challenges that are being faced that, that you know, individuals, uh, you know, don't always have the sensitivity to. Uh, and that's, that's been a huge, huge, uh, huge for us. Uh, I'd like to run you through the kind of founder's lightning round that we do with the founders that come through the show. So let me ask you a couple questions about being a founder. The first one is I want to give you a time machine, or if you could go back to before founding Area One, uh, what would you tell yourself if you had just 10 seconds to get out of the time machine, tell yourself something, and get back in? I tell myself to eat more kale. <laughs> Okay. Uh, the second one is, who is your personal 
uh, call to the bullpen when you run into trouble, whether it's you know just a, a small issue with uh, managing the company or uh, motivating talent or trying to be creative with something, who's the first person you go to for that uh, moral support? You know, I rely on a, a lot of different people, and I'm really fortunate to have a, a number of close uh, advisors and personal friends. Uh, and uh, I think it's really important for uh, for founders, and particularly for CEOs, to ha- to have that to to have people you can just call and uh, to express a concern, to get some feedback on. Um, for me, it's not limited to one person; it's a it's a, a sort of small group of people. Excellent. Okay. Um, Let's ask you a policy question. You mentioned that you were uh, always kind of uh, excited about being around Washington and the kind of policy environment that exists there. Uh, We just had a town hall on the prospects for science in the Trump administration at the Technology Council here. One of the ideas we floated out is not our own. It's actually been discussed for quite a few years now, but it's the idea of a fifth military academy for cybersecurity. Is that a crazy idea, or do you think that we're ready to elevate this issue to uh, that kind of priority. Yeah, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a crazy idea. You know, I don't know the um, ins and outs of creating a military academy or a college, <laughs> for that matter. But I think you know, in my experience working closely with uniformed military officers, you know, they're on career tracks, and often what I saw is that some of our most talented uh, cybersecurity professionals in the Army or the Air Force or in the Marine Corps. They didn't have a, an equivalent career track like a missileer might or like a ranger might. Uh, and so there's certainly some need to, to do that. Uh, I don't know if it needs its own service. Uh, time, time will tell. But, um, you know, there's no doubt that both for defensive um, military operations as well as offensive military operations, cyber uh, and digital warfare are going to be increasingly um, potent. So. Oren, what uh, what keeps you up at night? We like to ask all of our founders, you know, what wakes them up at two in the morning, other than the cyber breaches that I'm sure you've seen in your military experience and the kind of stuff that turns people's hair white. Uh, what's keeping you up at night as an entrepreneur? You know, the only thing that really keeps me up at night are the the people that that I work with, making sure that they are being supported to to grow their careers, that they're being challenged, uh, and they have the resources to make a difference for what we want to do and ultimately for, for our customers. And so I think about them most of the time and uh, making sure that um, I can do everything to, to help them and support them. Okay, so we're looking ahead uh, with Airy One, and I'm, I'm proud to say that Airy One is both a member of the California Technology Council and we're working with your team uh, to develop a, a member benefit for our member companies. So we know that a lot of what you're doing now is about scaling up and and uh, getting to more of the market. Uh, when you look ahead at Area One and maybe look ahead two to five years, uh, what's next as you build the company? Well, what's, what's next is uh, is is really what I mentioned before. It's making sure that we can provide the um, the best in class uh, capabilities to protect companies and organizations and make it available to everyone, uh, and that not only can the 500 largest companies in the world have the types of tools and mechanisms they need to protect themselves and their people, but anybody who's concerned about that or who has the type of information that attackers might be interested in can, can get access to it. Our last question for you, Oren, is if you could do it all over again, going back to Cyber Command and everything else that was 
on your road to being an entrepreneur, would you do it the same way? Well, you only get to live one life as far as I'm aware. <laughs> so I would, uh, I, I certainly would. I've been very fortunate uh, that, you know, the past is the prologue for what's to come. And I couldn't have expected to be so you know, fortunate and, uh, and have, uh, you know, such a great uh, desire to, to help people. So, you know, I, I don't think so. Uh, of course, you know, everyone always wishes they were a little kinder, a little more patient from time to time. But, uh, you know, I'm really, uh, I'm really glad uh, for, for what's ahead for us here. Would you, uh, would you have any words of advice for people contemplating making the leap to becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, takes takes a village. You know, make sure uh, you have a good support system, uh, advisors, family, friends. Uh, it's not an easy thing uh, to do. Uh, not enough people uh, uh, seek out help uh, or have the outlets to express themselves when when they're frustrating. I became friendly with a really great CEO. Um, his name's uh, Florian Lieber of this company, Mesosphere, and. We both just one day called each other and started complaining about things and just having that mutual um, sort of emotional connection you know, has been very beneficial and uh, I encourage people to, to find those outlets as, as many and as, as quickly as possible. This has been a few minutes of great advice and uh, founder's history with Oren Falkowitz, co-founder and CEO of Airy One Security. Oren, thank you for the time today. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Oren Falkowitz, of course to Scott Horwath for the piano in the background, to our sponsors at Nixon Peabody, to our friends from Live H2H, to Kylie Lee and the rest of the team at the California Technology Council. Area One Security will be featured at the May meeting of the California Cybersecurity Information Sharing Organization. For more information about CalCISO, that meeting and more, check out the landing page for that initiative at californiatechnology.org slash CalCISO. There are additional events on our calendar at californiatechnology.org slash events. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Just as a quick reminder, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash CA Tech Council. Inside the Founders Studio is produced in Northern California by the California Technology Council.